Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today I'm joined by another Melissa, Melissa Harold, who, um, if you guys noticed, she has been on the podcast before. She was actually on my very first episode, which was how to deal with COVID, how to deal with the stress during COVID. And she was also on episode 58, which was about uh, the mental health episode with the panel of women. Today, she's kind of changing her hat a little bit and she's not a therapist. She's actually a member of the board of Unearth Hope, which Unearth Hope, I actually interviewed their founder, Sarah, on episode 67. And they're doing a really great thing right now because they're not able to go and do their mission trips like they're, they normally do in Guatemala. They are raising money to help those that have boots on the ground right now in Guatemala and also to raise money for their medical mission trip in, um, in June if all things go well with COVID. And it's called the Great Quetzal Cookie Run. And so today, Melissa and I are talking about the cookie run, talking about things that we can do um, if you want to get involved with the cookie run. Also great, they've teamed up with 13 bakers, some of them bloggers. I'm one of them um, that we are sharing 13 days of cookies. So it's a really cool recipe. It's a really cool way to get involved in the holidays, to get your family out, to get active. I want you guys to have a great Thanksgiving, and you know what I need you to do right now? That's right, start listening. Hi guys, welcome to the Melissa and Melissa show. <laughs> so I had to change the name just for that. Um, if you're new here, welcome to the Chats from the Block Cabin. Today I'm joined in person um, by a repeat guest, Melissa Harold. She was actually one of the very first, I think the first week or so when I first started doing chats from the blog cabin she came on and she was also on the mental health panel so melissa tell us a little bit about yourself okay well first of all i'm a mom like you melissa i've got three uh, teenagers well one college student Mm -hmm. and so i'm a mom first of all and foremost and then i'm a mental health professional so i work in the mental health field i'm currently working in the early head start head start community um, with mental health uh, in that area and i'm also very passionate about my mission work uh, in developing countries and i think that's what we're going to kind of talk about today yeah we're going to talk first of all let's talk about unearth hope which is a nonprofit based here in North Carolina. Yes. So Unearth Hope is a nonprofit that, like you said, is based here in actually in the Raleigh area. And it grew out of mission work in Guatemala through the uh, folks who are all a part of our board. Uh, many of us had traveled several uh, trips, some of them eight or nine times, quite a few times to um, we work with the indigenous Mayan population uh, where the help We're looking at 70% poverty, uh, very Mm -hmm. dire health statistics. Um, It's a medical mission team that we take into these areas and uh, just really give people things, uh, not give, give, but give them an opportunity to have health services that they wouldn't have in uh, without these services for what we bring. Yeah, I had Sarah from Unearth Hope. She is the founder of Unearth Hope, right? That is true. She's our board president. uh, A couple weeks ago, and she talked about how Um, When you guys go down there and you do medical missions and stuff like that, they actually have to pay for their services, like 75 cents for like a whole family. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. We believe in empowerment and we believe that when people are invested in what they are receiving, that they are uh, able to really reap all the benefits. And the programs are not just about the medical piece. It's really about lifting up uh, and empowering the entire community. One of the things that we take are Days for Girls kits, and those are actually reusable uh, menstrual kits. Um, you know, I know I never thought about it because growing up in a country where you just have access to those products and your mom teaches you, you have them, you know, in developing nations, women often uh, are really limited into what they can do when they have their menstrual cycle. They often miss a lot of school or work due to those things. Mm -hmm. So um, we take those kits and the women attend a health education class and that's how they kind of receive their kit through that. Um, and that's empowering to women in those communities because then they're able to uh, work and go to school and uh, not miss out because all uh, because their monthly cycle. That's a lot of time to miss when you're a woman. We spend a lot of time with that part. <laughs> yeah. And I think the biggest thing that struck me when I was interviewing Sarah was the fact that sometimes people have to choose between buying menstrual products and buying food for their family. Absolutely. And so you can see where that's a, a big struggle for folks who are already living on very, very little as it is. Um, and so for women, that leads them, obviously, you're going to purchase food. You're then using very unsanitary methods to take care of that, which leads to a lot more infections um, and uh, just, you know, poor health in general. Yeah. I mean, so what got you involved with Alert Hope? So I originally, uh, my mission work had been in Kenya with an orphan empowerment project. And so as I was just kind of journeying along this way, I got reconnected with uh, someone that I used to teach with at Wayne Community College here. And that would be Eleanor Armstrong, who is actually Sarah's mother. Mm -hmm. um, and so Eleanor is a retired uh, early childhood education specialist. And her husband, which is Sarah's father, Martin, is actually a um, now retired United Methodist pastor. And so I became reconnected with Eleanor and she started sharing with me this work that they were doing and, and asked me, would I come and see the kits being made? And I just fell in love with the project so much. And so within that year, I traveled the first time in 2017 um, with them on the trip and was just blown away at what I saw happening. I had also just recently graduated from public health school and it just um, just touched everything that I love about public health because, you know, as we're learning in this mm -hmm. pandemic, um, really prevention, prevention is the best medicine. And so I think that when we go into these communities and we offer education and equip people, then we can, it's much better than waiting for people to become ill and then treat an illness. So I just fell in love with everything. The people in Guatemala that we work with are just so um, enduring. I just, unless people go, it's hard to describe the feelings that you have when you are interacting with folks. And like Sarah expressed to you, this is not about going to do something for someone. Mm -hmm. This is about joining in a community mm -hmm. and going alongside people. You know, we all go through struggles. We were just chatting before we came on about personal struggles for both of, uh -huh. both of us. And so having that shared kinship and friendship where we support one another. And that's a lot of what this work really is, is we come into a community. No one knows as best as a community what they need than the people of the community yep. themselves. And so we come alongside and say, how can we support you? I love that. The fact that you're trying to partner with them instead of trying to take over and say, well, this is the way you guys Absolutely. should do this. You're taking how they're doing it and you're working it so that you yeah. work within the community. I Absolutely. That. That's the best so, way to work. So you're not going in and totally 
putting, you know, putting your nose up in the air like you're better than this. Right. And, you know, I think that sadly, we often think that Western medicine is so superior to other things. And I'm very grateful for the advancements that we have in Western medicine. But you can also learn a lot from indigenous people and where mm -hmm. cures and the way that they mm -hmm. um, interact. So we like to honor and respect all those things culturally and find out where, where if we combine all these things together, what's the best solution? Yeah, I love that. Now, Unearthed provides medical care, you said, days days for girls, mm -hmm. menstrual kits. Um, what's some other things that they provide? Also, eyeglasses and eye exams. Um, and so and that's part Martin and Eleanor's strength that they, they bring onto the team. And, you know, you don't think about that as much, but particularly a lot of the Mayan women do a lot of very intricate mm -hmm. needlepoint Points. work. It's so beautiful. And when your eyesight, we were actually discussing this earlier. I'm trying to read your Bible with this mice type like, print. Yeah, <laughs> and we're talking about age and how our eyes begin mm -hmm. to change. But once women have that to happen, it's very difficult to continue to make a living when you can't see what you're doing. Um, so the eyeglasses are very instrumental in helping not only with, you know, just the gift of sight, but also the ability to earn an income. Yeah. And so COVID has actually, you guys can't travel. So you guys have come up with a unique way to kind of help the community. Right. So we actually partner with a sister agency on the ground there, which is the Living Heritage Foundation. Um, and they are, you know, since COVID started, it's, you know, yes, it's bad for us here in the U.S., but the when you're in a country with very little medical infrastructure to start with and very little just support in general it's really led to a lot of problems so the the agency that we partner with does a lot of empowerment of course as well but when you get into these crisis situations you go into relief mode and so they've had to just go out and literally get in trucks and deliver food to people um hand sanitizers masks gloves the whole whole bit so what we've been doing since we can't travel is supporting uh, financially uh, living heritage and the work that they are doing on the ground there to keep people the best that we can until mm -hmm. till we can get to get back to travel. I know when I first interviewed you at the beginning of COVID and you were on talking about how people can handle stress during COVID and that whole big topic, <laughs> um, you were actually were talking about the dengue fever and that mm -hmm. they had just recovered from, am I right. correct? Right, and that's very true. And, and a lot of these regions, you know, what we're experiencing with COVID, a lot of developing nations have waves and waves of infectious disease that go through very frequently and we never hear about it because it's not that important for us as on our news cycle here in the U.S., but they have just really went through another outbreak of that. And so you've got to think there that what health systems they had were impaired by that, as well as just immune systems of folks. If you've recovered from that and you come back to back with something like COVID, that just makes for more challenging times. Yeah, totally true. And so you guys have teamed up and come up with a really great way to raise awareness for Unearth Hope and fundraise for Unearth Hope. Now tell us about that. So yeah, we're really excited about this. I know a lot of folks are feeling kind of bummed about the holidays and that you might not be able to spend as much time with your families or you won't be able to do normal big celebrations like you normally do. So we decided to partner uh, to create something that would kind of, you know, help us, but also help you as well. So we have the Great Quetzal Cookie Run that's coming up. So, you know, we all like to eat our cookies, but, you know, uh, sometimes the cookies like to, you know, add to our quarantine oh weight <laughs> as we go along. 
So this is a way to kind of go with that. So this is actually a virtual run. Um, so you can do it anytime between December the 1st or December the 13th. And what we're encouraging folks to do, I am not a runner. I have a daughter who was like the high school runner of the year four years mm -hmm. in a row. But, yes, she was. but Melissa is not a runner. Usually there will be something chasing me and you should run faster than me if you want, if you see me running. Um, but you can walk, you can stroll, you can just do whatever. But it's just a great way to get involved with your family and to feel good about something. I know for most of us, I know for most of us, that are at least uh, online watching, we're very blessed. And mm -hmm. I certainly do not need one Christmas present for myself or my children certainly don't mm -hmm. need a whole lot. Um, and so this to me is just a great way. We, we talk a lot about rethinking Christmas um, and thinking about how we spend our resources. And to me, this is just a really good way to feel good about, okay, we're having fun as a family, which is really the most important thing, but we're also helping to support this great cause too. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. You can also get out, like you said, in one of the press releases, your quarantine bubble, like basically the people that you've mm -hmm. been quarantining with, you guys can do it as a kind of like a group, but not sort of a group because of the regulations, at least in North Carolina, where you're only allowed what 10, 10 people, people now. Yes. Mm -hmm. 10 people, but still you can still get out and like, monitor like yeah. pace yourself like kept the young kids kind of walk mm -hmm. a little bit ahead or a little bit you know and the adults the older adults that don't walk quite as fast walk behind right. and do that i love that it is and i think you know it's so much uh it's such a great family thing to get involved with and that's why like i said yes it is a run but it really you can walk or stroll you can get every generation of folks involved you can get your grandparents your parents children and you know i was just chatting with uh one of our board members who has young children and she was talking about how her daughter is you know very elementary school age young she's already getting so interested in guatemala and what we're doing there but this is the time to share with children mm -hmm. that there are folks outside of your yes it's sad that school looks different and things are different but what a great learning opportunity mm -hmm. for us as parents to be able to say but things are different in other places and yep. let's learn about that and let's understand uh how our sense of gratitude and then what can we do to support other people in the world? Yeah. Because I will tell you folks, when I first went to Mexico, my husband's from a very rural community in Mexico. And when I first went to Mexico, they didn't have indoor water, anything like that. And it was a shock to my system. I was felt the pampered princess almost like, and you know, they killed their, their farm animals are running around the yard and they kill them and they eat them the same day. And mm -hmm. it's nothing to see chicken, Chicken heads laying in the yard are, yeah. matter of fact, there's a really cool story. It's a funny story. I want to <laughs> say it's cool. I have, um, my husband's number nine of 10 kids. Mm. So he has a lot of nieces and nephews that are, some of them are my girl's ages and some of them are older. Right. And so, but the younger niece and nephew were like, picked up two dead chicken heads in the yard and were playing with them like, da, 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 chicken fights. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, that one I thought was funny, but seeing the pig entrails where you hang up your clothes was not my idea of fun, and I could not eat that day. But now I now I can stomach that because I'm used to it. Now. Right. And you, but going to a country that you don't know anything about mm -hmm. and learning and seeing the difference, you'll have gratitude for what we have in our country right now. Right. And, you know, that's where that term culture shock comes from. It really is. And I think one of the things that's happened over time for, for me that first time, like you said, so much so. But I've also learned 
what I can live with and what I can live without. And it's been very helpful for me over the past couple of years and some of the things I've had to walk through to say, you know, that might have if I'd never had those experiences, I probably would be more devastated by certain things. But learning that simplicity, mm -hmm. I think uh, we think some of these things are great, but it complicates things. And actually, I think COVID has made a lot of us rethink our our positions on things as well. I agree about my calendar. I know when things get back to quote normal, uh, there will be some things that will not return to my calendar that were there before yep, because I I've agree. just decided they're not that important. And it's like we were talking earlier about where you put your time in. Mm, yes. Yes. So true. So true. So the great Quetzal cookie run, how much is it to register for it? So if you do the virtual 5k, that is $30 and you get an awesome t-shirt that will be shipped to you in time for the holidays. Um, it's really pretty. It's a nice forest green with the logo, really cute. So I think it would make a nice family Christmas photo. Um, <laughs> so it, very unique. And then you can register for the ten, uh, the one mile fun run, which is $10. Um, and there's an option to add the shirt if you want to purchase the shirt with that um, for an additional cost. Um, so that's how we're doing that for the run. And is there a time limit? We will be doing the signups. Those end on November the 30th. So you've got from now until November the 30th at midnight to sign up for the uh, virtual runs. Um, but um, we've got other ways that people can be involved after the 30th if they're not really thinking they want to run. If they're more of an eater and a baker, we have some options too. Yeah, that, which brings me <laughs> to the next thing. But it, as you see right now, and I'll put them in the show notes, Scrolling on the bottom of the screen is the registration for the race. You go to HTTPS runsignup.com backslash race backslash North Carolina backslash any town backslash the great Quetzal cookie run. And you'll get it from there, but I will put them in this, put it in the show notes and also on the Facebook page as well. Um, so let's talk about the yumminess of this <laughs> event. <laughs> Um, we, before we do that, though, I want to tell folks, if you're not a runner, but you know folks who do, because I have tons of running friends, please do share this with them because yes. they really get into this stuff. They like to out time each other and all that stuff. There's a race app that they will actually be able to download that will help them to track and to see who's doing what. So for those that are avid runners, get this information to them. They really like this stuff. Um, but the yummy part is we're going to do the 12 days of Christmas cookies. And so each day beginning December the 1st, um, by folks following us on the Unearth Hope um, webpage uh, for Facebook, you will be able to get a cookie recipe for each day. So we've got bloggers involved, mm -hmm. yours truly. Yep. Um, and so we have a, already have a really nice collection of recipes and, and cookie bars um, that folks can cook. So we just encourage folks to, to like our page and to follow that along and um, and really have some fun with your family making those recipes and sharing those recipes. And uh, we're using the hashtag unearth hope and hashtag cookie run repeat. Oh, cookie run repeat. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did not know about that hashtag. Uh -huh. Folks, I will tell you, I know several of the bloggers that are involved. One is almost a brand new baby blogger. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm so excited because I've been helping her get her blog started. And that's Bailey from 
Poppy Seeds Kitchen. Mm -hmm. I almost blanked on her name. She's going to kill me. Sorry, Bailey. Um, and then I also have a friend of mine, Kate, that's actually involved in it as well. And Kate's recipes are amazing. And we have Catherine Lean, who is a blogger in the Atlanta, Georgia area. She's a native North Carolinian, um, also with a big job at CDC. Um, so she's a big public health girl Ooh. herself, and she has lots of information. But she has um, a beautiful blog, and she does amazing recipes. So I'm going to be really excited to see her recipe as well. Now, I have a question. Is it too late for bloggers to sign up if they want to no, participate? No, we still have about four slots left for some amazing cookie recipes. So if you got any bloggers out there that want to join in or, you know, just let us know. We're ready. You don't really have to be a food blogger either, do not you? Not really. No, I came up with a recipe and I'm certainly not a food blogger. <laughs> she is a feelings, emotions, thought therapist blogger. Yeah, so. something like that. <laughs> but when you honestly think about it, you eat your feelings a lot too, don't True that. So it kind of goes together. Yeah, it does. It does. And also I find that one of the things I've loved about um, connecting with people and hearing them share these recipes. Um, I know one of the recipes we're going to share actually comes from one of our board members and it's her mother's recipe. So recipes are very binding and cultural. Mm. And when you think about what we're doing, you know, every culture has its uh, very specific. Even when you're, we were talking about earlier about Western North Carolina versus Eastern, Eastern Carolina. and I grew up in Western North Carolina, mm -hmm. but have lived in Eastern North Carolina and they're very specific where I grew up. We had chicken and dumplings here. It's chicken pastry so you know it's fun to really see these recipes shared and to hear the stories behind them and i just think it just shows that we are also connected no matter whether you live in guatemala north carolina mm -hmm. where you live in the world we're connected by stories and food and honestly folks i just thought about something if you're a homeschool parent this would be a great way to introduce your kids to guatemala mm -hmm. is by doing the run and encouraging doing the incorporating your PE in that absolutely and then social studies and then maybe cooking is cooking. math measuring yep. there you go there you go you the have only good all news I found from <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm <just> going on. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer 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 <laughs> yes is there anything else you want to share Melissa no, I just um, I thank you so much for allowing me to come on and talk about this. Um, it's obviously something I'm very passionate about and our board is very passionate about. And like I said, I know we get tunneled into our own world, but I think it's a great place for families and particularly parents, whether they're homeschooling, which in this day and age, really everybody is to some degree. But just a great way to think about the holidays instead of being so reflective on ourselves yeah. to say, you know, what can we do? We've, we're living in this time where with uh, quite a bit of negativity um, and ne seems to be negative. But when you go out into the world, I had an experience the other day at the DMV of all places oh. where someone was willing to pay for something because I didn't have cash. And I was like, humanity is not lost. You wow. know? So, you know, I think that this event is just a great way to encourage your family and encourage your community that we're all interconnected no matter where we live um, and everything impacts us, no matter whether it's next door or yeah, four countries true. away. Yeah, and plus two will help you kind of get out of that COVID fever because it's going to get start getting cold. At least in North Carolina, we'll start getting chilly. Not really cold, cold, but you know, 
all across the nation, it's going to start getting cold. So that's the way to get out and go ahead and get that exercise in. Yes, it is. Stuck inside. And you know, as a mental health professional, we approach that. You're talking about seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. We, I was just listening to other therapists today talk about how we're going to see an elevation in that because we've already kind of been hibernating because of COVID. So like Melissa said, it's great. Get out, get your mm-hmm. walk in, get your run in, um, help a great cause. And you've burned your calories, so then you can eat your cookies. All right. Either that, eat the cookies, then go out and do the walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Either do way. it in either order. We don't really care which way it goes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that are asking, the reason why we're not wearing masks is we've seen each other all throughout quarantine. We're in the COVID so bubble. We're in the COVID bubble. So I know somebody's going to come back and say that. <laughs> right. Um, but we're in the COVID bubble. We have actually, I like, she's on my phone constantly. Like, we're texting back and forth and doing things. And let's see, we have a comment from Laura. A couple of comments. How good. She said, there is good in the world still. Must yes, there good. is, Laura. Especially at Especially the DMV. Especially at the DMV. DMV. <laughs> yep. Which, honestly, I think they've, since they streamlined that, and everybody has to have an appointment Well, I guess now. this was actually the license plate office to be to be accurate, but, but same thing. No, you can't get an appointment there. I waited until the line went down. I stopped the line, just saying. <laughs> and then she said, excited to check out Unheard Oak. And sign it for the five. Awesome, Laura. I am keeping you to that promise, Laura. I'm keeping <laughs> you to that promise because Laura was actually on on Monday. Um, she was sitting here with me as well. Awesome. And she talked about essential oils because it was her mm. medicine. And there you go. And there we go. Kind That's of tied right. in. Did not know I was going to start the week with alternatives and yeah. end the week with alternatives. Exactly. So tie it all in. Very good. So, guys, I just. Thank you so much for tuning in. Melissa, is there anything else that you want to share? No, I think that's good. You know, I could talk all day, so you have to cut me off. (laughs) Like I said, you've seen Melissa up here before. She is super sweet. I love her to death. Um, Go back and tell you the really story of how we met was when my oldest, who is 25 now, was in kindergarten. And my husband was actually in Mexico because we had a problem with his visa. And Maddie had what separation anxiety Mm -hmm. because she was afraid I was going to go away. And so Mm -hmm. Melissa would meet me in the hallway at the elementary school, little Maddie, kindergarten, little girl, cute little Bob haircut. And she would pull Maddie off of me and take her to class. Yeah. That's how we really got to be really close. Yep. It was a bit like prying Spider-Man off the side of a building, but we did it. (laughs) Spider-Man off the side of the building. I love (laughs) that. So guys, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and We'll see you guys later. And thank you, Melissa, for being on. Thank you. See you. Y'all, I had so much fun chatting with Melissa. I always have so much fun chatting with Melissa. She is just a wealth of knowledge and everything that she does. And she's just an amazing person. And she's definitely one person that you always want to have in your corner. Because she will fight tooth and nail for you and just be there when you need her. Um, I'm so excited about this cookie run. I haven't signed up yet, but I am going to sign up because as you know, I've recently started, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I walk a lot. So I'm going to do the 5k walk. I'm not going to do a run because nobody wants to see that. And I've had too many babies, so not going to be running, but, um, I'm really excited about this walk. I'm really excited about giving back during the holidays because holiday season is something, sometimes it's a little tough for a lot of us, especially I lost my dad in, in December. Um, I say December because the last day we talked to him was Christmas Day in 2014. Um, he died in January of 2015. But he um, 
that always always try to find something the way to give back to, for his legacy i'm actually going to be doing a festival of trees a tree with my good friend emily odin from odin farming company we're going to decorate it in the, an honor and memory of my dad in honor of my dad and an honor of um my adopted son paul who is united states marine corps and i'm so proud of him and so guys just think look around and see what you can do the holiday if it's signing up for this race sign up i put the link for the registration in the notes if you're watching it or you're listening to this before december 1st through 13th sign up if not find some way some other way that you can help in your local community because folks people need help whether it's saying okay i'm gonna read a story by, via zoom to a whole bunch of kids at christmas time or i'm gonna um make christmas cards and drop them off or send Christmas cards overseas to soldiers. That's one of the things that we used to do the longest time. Anything like that. A little bit goes a long way. And it helps someone to know that they're not alone. So I hope you think about how you can give back this holiday season. And I know one way you can give back is you can like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. Because that will help me get my stuff in front of more people. So that people, this content is well, that I'm sharing will change others' lives as much as it's changed mine, and I hope yours as well. And you know what I need you to do right now? I need you to keep chatting.